I love the way you say film. And you're very welcome along to the movie show. As always, I'm joined by Brian Lloyd. That was a weird wave. And uh, Deirdre Malone, the online hey, yeah. Sheridan. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, for downloading, for streaming, etc. Um, how are you guys doing? Good? Grand, yeah. Good, yeah. Good. yeah, good, good. Good, 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 good. You had an excellent piece on the site because I want to talk about this. I want to get into some movie news first. I know uh, what this is about. Yeah, no, linking uh, Ted Bundy, the uh -huh. serial killer, uh -huh. to uh, a much-loved, um, not sitcom character, but comedy single-camera show character. Uh-huh. Dennis Elab Reynolds. Elaborate, please. Yeah, Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was based on Ted Bundy. Um, now, is, is your... Is your... It's my take. It's not, it, it is my take. Hot but take. It's, no, it's not a hot take. That's no, quite, it's quite a hot take. Well, no, it, see, this is it. It's actually what? way more... Can we, put it to, can, we put it to the, can we put it to the crew? Hot take, Dave? I wouldn't call it a hot take. Lukewarm. Lukewarm, Lukewarm. 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 Yeah, lukewarm. <laughs> No, but I mean, this is it. It's not a tepid take, is what I'm saying. It, it, tepid, you know what I mean? Like, it's like soup. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? <laughs> I like hot soup. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, like it's been in the microwave. Uh, it's a microwave <laughs> take. I don't know. God. The argument you made was... The argument I made was, was that there are loads of references uh, in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia to Ted Bundy. And it's not just me to pick this up. Like, like it's been a thing that's been doing the rounds for the past couple of years. But the fact that... You know, the trailer for Extremely, extremely and well, I'm going to try this now. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Zac Efron, Ted Bundy thing. The fact that that, uh, uh, that premiered at Sundance over the weekend, and obviously the Netflix documentary as well. Yeah. There's been a bit of a resurgence of interest in Ted I wanted, Bundy. Because I wanted to get into this, Steve, because there was a bit of a sparks outrage. I love that. Backlash. There was some of that as well because of the trailer for it. Yeah. Where, and I actually read Brian's piece on it over the weekend and I was going to text mm. him and uh, give You're him You're going to give me abuse. I was yeah. going to give him abuse because um, for me, the trailer is uh, underlining a contrast. So mm. it's this kind of rock and roll type trailer where it's yeah. like, yeah, Ted Bundy. But then, because that's what, that's the way he was perceived in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. yeah. Even though he was this horrific serial killer. Yeah. But the guy who's, Joe Berlinger, who's made the uh, theatrical film with Zac Efron also made the documentary yeah. series, The Confession Tapes. Mm -hmm. So... It was that was obvious to me, but am yeah. I am I just too nuanced? Dave? Oh, I think that it's definitely you know not showing the full film. I yeah. mean, we've talked about this before about how trailers are made to be like purposely misleading, and that they often leave out a lot of material that's going to be in the final film because I mean it's only a minute and a half of heavily edited footage at the end of the day. So to judge a film based on its trailer is a bit silly, really. Yeah, people are like, it's totally all over the place. Well, like, yeah. No, 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 well, like, the problem that I had with it was, was that, like, I had watched the documentary, right? Yeah, and I seen which it, is and excellent. It, which is incredible. Yeah. It's really, really good. Your, your D's review watch was, it, was it really spot on. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it's really, really, it's incredible. And he was this absolutely, like, extremely mm. vile whatever blah, blah, blah. he really was that <laughs> but when I was watching the trailer it was like this makes it seem like it's an edgy comedy you know, the mm. I understand what you're saying that it's a trailer and that Ted Bundy did really use his good looks and his charm and his charisma so this is kind of the no, tone see, of it no see this is the thing it wasn't about Ted Bundy it was about how Ted Bundy was perceived yes mm. and that's what Joe Berlinger's playing with, with the trailer and it's, I just think it's a bit ridiculous that everything needs to be literal now no I, don't, I didn't say it had to be literal I'm just saying like you know, it just looks like a romantic comedy. I said it looks like an edgy comedy. I just it it struck me there's as a, there's literally a scene of him dragging uh, a shirtless woman through the forest. Yeah, okay. with her hair. I know. It just it struck that's me. seriously edgy. 
It is, yeah. But I mean, like, it's just it struck me as being a bit like, like. I think that it making was, light. Sorry, just, making light. I just feel like it was kind of. I th feel like it was almost intentionally done that way because I mean, you did have conversations yeah, perhaps, yeah. with the killer. Exactly. The Ted Bundy tapes had just come out, and that's very, very serious very. in tone. Although, even when you're watching it, I would say not quite that there's comical moments, but there are bits that are just so baffling. Like, oh my god, and I can't yeah. believe he just said that and stuff. That there's almost something kind of comical about it, and of course, yeah. you always have that distance. The fact that it he happened was so mental. far back. He was yeah. mental. No, yeah. no, okay, let's get to the film a little yeah. bit more. Zach Efron's getting amazing reviews for this thing. Yeah, so basically, just to put it in context for anyone who doesn't know, um, Conversations with the Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, that's the Netflix series. That dropped on Netflix on Friday. And then over the weekend at Sundance, this Zach Efron biopic. So this is a film that is about Ted Bundy that has him uh, playing the character of Bundy, um, which is called Extremely... Go Wicked, on. shockingly evil and vile. Yes. Um, that premiered at Sundance over the weekend. So there are already some early reviews for it out. And a lot of them are full of praise for Zac Efron's performance in particular. They're saying that it's career changing, that he really, really gets all the nuances of Bundy's character. The fact that he is so kind of like quietly crazy. But then also he was such a like obnoxious guy. And it's interesting because I think that some of the criticisms that have been aimed at um, Conversations with a Killer, which is the Netflix series, are similar to the ones that are being aimed at this biopic in that both of them, one of the big criticisms is that it doesn't really give you a full portrait of who Ted Bundy was. But I almost think that's kind of purposely done by Joe Berlincher because can you really know a person thoroughly? And the whole fact that this guy seemed so charismatic, so nice, a bit introvert, but not someone you'd well, associate with being well, a serial killer. Yeah. Well, that's the point. Well, the movie you know? comes from his girlfriend Liz's perspective. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's well, that's the angle that Berlinger uh and the other filmmakers talk with it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was phenomenal. Have you watched it yet, Producer Dave? The Bundy yeah. documentary? Yeah, I watched it over the weekend. What do you think? I thought it was good. I think there was a good bit left out, I thought. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you'd like, you'd seen other documentaries and stuff, or you read books on Bundy before? Yeah, I had done. And there was just, uh, like I say, some of the murders would have been equally, if not more shocking than others yeah. that he did admit to. So I was wondered why that yeah. never made it into like the he, documentary. Yeah, you, he murdered a 12-year-old girl, and that's kind mm. of just touched upon, really. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... Oh, I thought that was one of the ones, relatively speaking, well, that he went into more well, detail Relatively, I guess, about, where you yeah. seem like... Because I think there were so many horrific things mm. Mm. that went on throughout it that you're... you're they're, like, Berlinger's just thrown them at you, and you're like, holy... Yeah, you can't even... Yeah. There's into a sorority house, and you're like, what did... This is like... Yeah, a, yeah. And then there's, you know, elements of seeing, oh, that was from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, that's from Mindhunter, mm. or that's yeah. from... And the reverberation of, of Bundy in popular culture. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. Um, I love the documentary series. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Berlinger does with a, 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 like, well, not a fictional narrative, but a, a theatrical one, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, there isn't a release date yet. Um, so Do you see yeah. enough, though, I'd say, dear, because it's done, isn't it? I feel like there's enough buzz around it that it will get yeah. proper distribution now, hopefully. Yeah. Still managed to get Zach Efron with a shirt off in the trailer. However, see there you go. That, but that's it. That's exactly it. Like they have the fact that they get that into it, like, and they get these little bits. It just the tone of it, I thought, was jarring. That's but I mean, I some people, for example, are talking about how hot Ted Bundy is now with the Netflix yeah. series coming out, and Netflix has actually released a statement telling people to stop. Ted doing Bundy that is not hot. Really um, well, it's. I mean, that happens. Some people are just crazy. You see it in the series. People are going, mm. like. There's a lot of women going to the courthouse and yeah. passing yeah. letters, love letters to his lawyers. And so, some people are just mental. And you're always going to have some people who are just mental. Let's not pander to them. Okay, Screen Actors Guild Awards, Brian Lloyd. Yeah. Um, 
So Black Panther was very surprising. Very surprising. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't too surprised though. Because I, I actually I actually great. thought as an ensemble piece, it's very good. So I thought for best ensemble it made the most sense. The one that made the least sense to win was Bohemian Rhapsody because it's all about Rami Malik and it's not yeah. really about the other guys Correct. at all. But for ensemble I think it was a fair win. Yeah, no, I mean it was it it, it I yeah, she's Dee's right, it was a really good ensemble uh cast of it. I am just shocked, absolutely shocked about uh, how this award season has been playing out. Mm. Generally speaking, it's so like Rami Malek and Glenn Close winning again for SAG. So like, I mean, it's- Is that something to do with you? I, you've been saying this now. You've been saying this about Rami Malek. You have. Dee's called Dee Rami Dee's called it for Malek. You think Dee's, Dee's gonna, gonna win? so smug on Oscar Monday, been like, I told you. I was right all along. Um, I'm shocked that he's winning so much. I yeah. thought you know, he was very good. He is very good. But like Oscar good? I don't know. Yeah, he is Oscar good. I mean, I still think it should be Bradley Cooper. You know? Yeah. That's 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 my vibe. But I would have thought either Bradley Cooper or Christian Bale, but I'm not as entwined in this world anymore as you two are. Yeah, like, no, I'm, I, I would agree. Like, I would have thought the, the, the race would have been between Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born and Christian Bale yeah. for mm. Vice. They were the two I had. Now Remy Malik has got two under his belt already. I mean, I And still the odds for him, sorry, sorry to cook yeah. it, the odds for him are... Like, I forget what the figures are, but he's basically the odds-on favourite to win by all the bookies. You know he's got an, an identical twin brother? Do you, yeah. he's, do you reckon he's helping he wins because he's like, I'm going to clean They don't look alike, though. They don't look alike. They look alike. They look alike. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, it's... Identical. The, the, the brother's a bit more beefier, though. The brother's, okay. like, got the weight, like, where... Yeah, he, he's a bit, like, broader, yeah. Yeah, broader, yeah. yeah. Beefier. It's, I just can't believe their mother called them Rami and Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Come off the tongue. I know. A guy, I knew. I knew a guy called Richard Head. So that'll tell you. They are now. That's a lie. Okay, it's not. Head. It's not. It's actually not. I'll actually show. I. That's not a lie. I knew a guy called. I. That's not a lie. Yeah. Could people find him on Facebook? Uh, probably. Yeah. They shouldn't though, should they? Shouldn't. But there's. I'm telling you, there are like Richard Head is a very common name. Genuine. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Get out the phone book there and have a scroll through it. Tell you. Okay, Brian, you uh, you did some useless trivia for us as we promised last week. I did. Tell us about said useless trivia before we cut to it. Uh, useless trivia this week is about Ghostbusters. Uh, this was in relation to Ivan, Wright, or sorry, Jason Reitman announcing that he was going to be doing a sequel to Ghostbusters Two. It's going to be out in July twenty twenty. It's going to be called Ghostbusters Three. As far as I know, <laughs> but they haven't said it yet. They just said it. It's just like they haven't even announced the title yet. But they had yeah. the teaser for it. Yeah. Um. And Ernie Hudson uh, said that apparently all the original cast are coming back for it as well. Ooh, let's have a look see. Eddie Murphy was originally offered the role of Winston Zedmore, but declined due to filming Beverly Hills Cop. The character was significantly rewritten when Ernie Hudson joined the cast and removed much of his backstory. Originally, Winston was supposed to be a retired officer from the US Air Force. Instead, he became a late addition to the team. Lindsay Buckingham of Fleetwood Mac was approached to write the theme song for Ghostbusters, but turned it down as he had just finished work on National Lampoon's Vacation and felt that it was too similar. Ray Parker Jr. would go on to write the song we know and love, but he was eventually sued by Huey Lewis in the news for plagiarism, which ultimately resulted in a settlement. Who are you gonna call? A lawyer, apparently. Phenomenal stuff, Brian Lloyd, phenomenal stuff. Thank you. Uh, I like that you made an effort as well for, for dressing for that, that segment of the camera that was shot. <laughs> oh, you, always, you always make an effort. Making an effort right I now. Know, I like your boots, I like your black boots. For people that are listening, Brian has lovely black boots on. 
Um, okay, D. You also, we're going to cut to something else because you, you went over to Landon Town, innit? Yes. Innit? Sorry, that's a very bad London accent. That was I apologise. Um, and you cut up with Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get into it, I interviewed Melissa McCarthy uh, for Bridesmaids years ago and she was kind of on the cusp of, of superstardom. Does she have an yeah. aura about her? Does she have a... Like, you know, I'm I'm a superstar now. No, not at all. No, no. I mean, she's very down to earth. Her and Richard were really lovely to talk to. Um, I really wanted to talk to Richard Lee Grant. Yeah, he's really cool. Because he just seems so cool. I could just, I I genuinely, I kept getting distracted because I could just listen to his voice all day. Yeah. He's just, he's just make a fortune from from working for Audible or something. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 He did, um, his his autobiography, he he read it. He did yeah. like the, the audio version of it and it sounds incredible. I heard, I listened to a bit of it. It's amazing. He's such a nice voice. He's so yeah. nice. Okay, do you, what did you guys talk about? Apart um, from the movie? So, well, to be honest, we had to talk about the movie, you generally speaking, movie, yeah. because see, um, also you'll see my ma- my hair will have magically grown back in this clip. As if by magic. <laughs> I wore extensions. No, it was um, a few months ago. Because, yeah, exactly. We recorded it a couple of months ago. So they hadn't actually been nominated for the Oscars, which they have been since. So we couldn't even talk talk yeah. about that. Uh, one thing I did um, particularly enjoy uh, talking to them about, if you watched it till the end, was we were talking about precious artifacts because a lot of Can You Ever Forgive Me revolves around precious kind of literary artifacts. So like letters by authors, um, collectibles they would have had, etc. Um, so I asked them if they had any of those kind of, you know, personalised items in oh, their own homes. So let's see what they nice. said, Deirdre Malumbi. Mine are more sentimental from people I've worked with and like more sentimental than from someone I don't know mm-hmm. but I am I am desperately trying to get one of Lee's letters as we as we speak which I don't know how you go about that because I'm like who keeps the forgeries the FBI <laughs> Melissa and did me because on the last day as a parting gift she had had these little figurines of our characters in full costume sculpted by an artist um, which we got as a keepsake which I have in my on my desk in front of my laptop they're very nice now. I like they them. Are. Very, very nice. Uh, Richard E. Grant in The, uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah. yeah. last thing I remember him in. He's just this coked up lawyer. Oh, I Just this desperate coked up lawyer. And Ryan Reynolds is like, ah. Oh. He can do that so well. Like, for a guy that, like, you know, like, you think of, like, Whitnail and I and stuff like that. that he's, he's still able. doing yeah. Whitnail and I yeah. screenings. He's doing one in New York, I think, in the next week. So. That, was, that must be really cool to have a movie like that and have done so much else and just be nominated for an Oscar. But mm-hmm. have a movie like that in a repertoire where yeah. like, every once in a while you can come out and be like, yeah, this opus or this whatever. It is. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, it's it's the, the fact that it, like, it's still completely resonant yeah. Yeah. to this day. And this is, like, nearly 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, at this day, so it's incredible. Like. Okay, let's talk about the movie, D. Uh, this looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's But it's kind of creeped under the radar despite the actor nominations at the Oscars. Is it any use? Um, Can you ever forgive me? <laughs> it's very good. It's it, But to be honest, like, I found it a bit kind of lacking in pizzazz or something compared to the Oscar nominations. So possibly that's why it's gone a bit under the radar. I think another reason why it probably has is because it came out in the States quite a while ago, whereas it's only being released in Ireland now. But in fairness, Melissa McCarthy is phenomenal in it. I think that this is probably her best dramatic role to yeah. date. I'd still say her best role ever is Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah. Mm, just because yeah. she's so, so I like, I like funny and amazing well. in that. I think she's hilarious. The, the heat? heat. Oh, I, like I don't one. like the heat. Yeah, Bill Burr's sister in that. Sorry. And Suki from um, Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah. I've always remember Never that. been to Gilmore Girls. It's good. I yeah. love Gilmore Girls, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, like, Didn't you love her as Suki? Yeah, she so was great. Yeah, like She had a really good yeah. dynamic in it, yeah. Okay, yeah. anyway. 
Um. <laughs> yeah, and Richard E. Grant is great as well. They play these kind of, um, so essentially the story follows that Melissa McCarthy plays this, and it's based on a true story, this uh, writer called Lee Israel, who's basically had one bestseller and one book that went kind of crap. And now she's has writer's block, even though her agent is just like, you know, get on with it, write something else. And she's like, oh, I can't, I can't. And she's falling behind in rent and her cat is sick and she needs a way to make money, essentially, to make a living. So what she starts doing is forging letters by all of these um, renowned authors. It starts off with her just adding like little bits to the end of the letters and then she starts forging them entirely. And she's away with her so she yeah. just it snowballs and she down. gets the correct type of paper and yeah. the typewriter and everything to make sure that these um, and who's Richard are Grant in it? we actually got a copy of the book there so in oh. relation to the book his character is a little more kind of exaggerated but he plays this like Fagan type who she befriends and basically gets her, him all caught up in her schemes as well. Oh, it looks fun. Is it yeah. funny? Because it's dark comedy, right? Yeah, it's kind of a dark comedy. Um, yeah, it is funny, but it's kind of dark. But it's it's a weird one because like when I read the original book, it's like tiny. It's like yay small. Yay small. And, and they managed to get yeah, like a kind of hour yay. and 50 minute long film out of it I and have, I do feel like it kind of drags I haven't heard part. somebody preface something with yay in a while <laughs> it's about but yay, yay hi yay hi yay hi am I right in saying this was like written and directed by uh, Nicole Halofsener I think that's is that her name, name? Yeah, she yeah. did that film uh, Enough Said with James Gandolfini and Please Give which is a phenomenal movie yeah and she's got another one actually I watched the other night it's on Netflix last year um, with uh, names completely escaped me Ben Mendelsohn um, very good. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was just saying, like, Enough Said was brilliant. Enough yeah. Said was, like, one of those... She's a brilliant writer-director. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant writer-director. She did stuff for uh, Parks and Rec as well. But um, Enough Said is, a re- is, like, one of the sweetest romantic comedies I've seen yeah. in deck. Like, I've heard in, of it. It's yeah, so good. It's it. so, Julia, so good. Julie Lewis-Dreyfus. Yeah, Julie Lewis-Dreyfus and James Gandolfini. And I remember seeing it at the time, and I think it had come out about maybe three months after James Gandolfini had died. And I remember thinking to myself... It was the perfect... It was the perfect send off for him, and I remember thinking, had he not died, I think it would have been like the career change for him, like you know that kind of because it's a saw, it's a very sweet, it's a really soft and sweet film, and yeah, the effortless warmth that he had, yeah, that you never saw probably as Tony Soprano or some of the tougher characters. This is it, yeah, the fact that he'd been he'd been so known, like even like going back to like True Romance and yeah. stuff like that he'd always been known as this big bruiser of what, try watching Please Give and, and Not Falling in Love with Rebecca Hall she is incredible yeah. mm. it is just another fantastic film uh, um, Oliver Platt as well is in it too very yeah. funny in it too um, so yeah she's an amazing director amazing writer director yeah. okay let's talk about Green Book so we had the screen for this one last <clears> week <throat> um, and we, we, we did a live show at it um, and the response afterwards because I know you briefly mentioned it last week producer Dave but I haven't heard you as enthused, enthused about a film out of all the, all the flicks we've gone to see around here or wherever for work. You were, you're always like, yeah, it was all right. But you were really enthused about Green Book. Yeah, I really tell, enjoyed it. Tell us why before we go to the professionals. Oh, oh heavens. Um, I just thought it had a lot of elements that I really liked about it. And I thought there was certain parts where the tone or almost the atmosphere around the scene was like, oh, here we go. It's this cliche coming up. And then it didn't happen and it went the opposite way and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Because yep. like Bob, Peter, Far- Par- Peter Farley, who directed yeah. Dumb and Dumb, co-directed Dumb and Dumb with his brother Bobby, and like, you know, something about Mary. So it's this Very abrasively crass mm. background of movies, but some of them are phenomenal. They're brilliant. Mm. And uh, yes, it's, yeah, it's becoming this big, broad 
award season hit. Mm. Um, you were like, you were fine with it, Brian. You yeah. weren't as uh, mad about it as everybody, literally everybody else in the office. Yeah. Sorry, Charlie <laughs> included. Everybody loved it. Yeah. I just, Are you I, out of touch, Brian? No. Well, <laughs> I, I, wonder, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. No, because I'll tell you why. I just thought that it was very generic. It was good. It was fine. The cliches that he's talking about, I disagree. I think every there was not one part of that film that I wasn't couldn't see exactly what was coming down the line. Like I thought it was really obvious in how it played both the relationship. But it's not based on a real story. It is. Well, well no. Actually, his uh, family has disputed. It. Yeah, the family of Don Shirley have basically come out and said, yeah, the entire story was complete BS, and that. It was a working relationship, but it, they were never actually. But I mean, and I, yeah, surely, I understand. Surely, yeah, I there's some, gonna, yeah. surely, surely, there's some. There's a truth. There's some truth to it. There's some semblance of due diligence from the producers and the filmmakers here that they didn't just make this shit up. I, do you know what I mean? Well, no. I Come mean, like, I mean, I think what probably happened was was that they probably had some kind of abrasive relationship, which they touch on in the film. Um, but to the to the degree to which they're relationship blossomed I think was completely fabricated okay um, and that's like I mean I don't have a problem with that personally I don't sounds, have a problem sounds with like that. you have a problem with it no I don't because sounds I can, to me like you've got a real problem with it I don't like I can understand I understand poetic license I understand that real life is boring you've got poetic license in the office with some of the mad stuff that you're going to come out with sometimes <laughs> alright what I'm saying seems is, unfair seems unfair alright but I'm like saying that, like you know poetic license is a thing and that you have to do kind of create drama and tension and in comedy. all seriousness I don't think poetic license is a thing as like any, is, is accepted anymore even yeah. for comedians and stuff you know people you would assume had poetic license but okay as a film how does Farrelly do direct and it's good totally, it, it, yeah it, no that's what I'm saying like totally and everything like it's all there like I mean it's a very sweet film it's a very nice film you'll come out of it feeling very good about it like it's it's a crowd pleaser like I totally understand why please it's, that crowd no but genuinely like I mean I, I, I understand why it's doing so well with the Oscars because it's a very crowd pleasing film mm. like it is very uplifting it's almost old school it's almost old yes. school acceptance yeah, for sure for, as an Oscar movie yeah yeah I mean it's quite um, I agree with kind of I agree with both in that <laughs> sitting on the fence sitting on the fence no but genuinely um, so I was at I stayed on for the screening after we did the live film show so I was watching with Dave and everything and there was you can just feel it in an audience sometimes when everyone is just really really enjoying and connecting with the movie and there was clapping at the end and everything there was laughter at all the right points you think they were clapping for so. us though <laughs> no they weren't <laughs> <laughs> see him laughing why would that audience <laughs> not be clapping for us, producer Dave? Huh? Well, they would have well, been held off for two hours. They did clap for you. Yeah. And then the film went, went on for two hours and ten minutes. I don't think they were holding on. <laughs> <laughs> they were clapping for us again. They were like, yeah, hey, they did a great live show. Sure, you guys again. Yeah. 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 Not this Oscar contender. No. <laughs> It was all for us. But you could feel it in the room. Yeah, I could feel it in the room. And I did leave it and I did say, you know, I really liked it and it was a crowd pleaser and everything. But I do also agree with Brian and that it is kind of a bit like simplistic and yeah. stuff. You know, I mean, it's basically, it ticks all the boxes in that it's a Christmas movie, by the way, because the ending, the finale is set at Christmas. So you're putting all the kind of, you know, ticking all the boxes there for everything yeah. you want to do. And it's, you know, it's talking about aspects like, you know, race and gender identity and sexuality and issues all like that but it's also kind of doing it in a very kind of safe simplistic uncomplicated well, that's, that's, that's way broad it's like yeah you know, i mean it's even, appeal to a big audience yeah I but i mean even at the end there's like a scene where 
the policeman kind of pulls him over and you're like, oh no, it's going to happen again. And then he's like, you guys go on your way. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, there aren't all bad yeah. people in the world. And there's something a bit kind of ugh about that. But I mean... <laughs> like, there are all bad people in the world. But I we mean, just spent 15 minutes <laughs> talking about Ted Bundy. There are serial killers out there, handsome ones. But it is a great screenplay. Like the dialogue between the two is so, so let's, Okay, well let's written. talk about the two actors because... Uh, yeah, Viggo Mortensen, Mortensen and, and Mahershala. Mortensen and Ali are, have yeah. been getting... well. You know, Ali yeah. was nominated for another Oscar. Yeah. He's, he won it last year. I mean, they're both fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Viggo Mortensen, I suppose, he just didn't really stand a chance against this year's competition, but he is brilliant in this. And I think Mahershala Ali could just win yeah, I think his so. second Oscar in a row. You know? I think so, yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, Great yeah. actor. Yeah, no, brilliant actor. Yeah. But what I would say as well is, is that it's... A, a, they make the film. They really do. Yeah. They absolutely that dynamic make. has to work. Yeah, yeah. That, absolutely. That core dynamic doesn't work, the film doesn't work. Correct, mm-hmm. yeah. And like what I thought was interesting as well was the fact that Viggo Mortensen is hilarious in it. Like he He's can be very, very funny. funny in yeah. it. Like, and I think, you know, the fact that Peter Farrelly has a background in comedy, I think he has a, such an understanding of it that he knows where to put the jokes and put the laughs in. Um, but that's a big. That's a big thing. That's I a mean, big ask. Not a dramedy, but to direct comedy properly, because you see. Uh, Judd Apatow or Adam McKay yeah. the Will Ferrell movie mm. and you see Ethan Cohn, who's not the Coen Brothers one but the other guy who directed the Sherlock Holmes movie yeah. um, and how they don't know how to let gags breathe and how it can just when it goes wrong it can go horribly yeah. wrong that is a real, that's a real underrated oh, gift. No, yeah, I definitely, think. yeah. I mean, it's, they, say, they always say that about horror and comedy that, like, to direct it is really, really Skills difficult. Even, yeah. But it's it's just about how it's accepted in, in the room and everything mm. like that. Um, but yeah, no, I just, like, it was grand. Like, this was it. I... It was totally fine. It was mm. completely inoffensive, Oscar bait, and yeah, and like audiences love it. Great. It worked. It baited those Oscars. It did. Mm. I'm just thinking. It's a good thing we didn't say this before we what we introduced the film. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it's yeah. all right. You know. Yeah. You critics are out of touch. I know. Out of touch with the common people. Totally. Totally, totally. out of touch. Okay. Um. It's it's it, right now when we're taping this, uh, shooting this. There's a lot going on in Ireland with nurses, um, yeah, and nurses and possibly going on strike and that stuff as well. And D, uh, you did the junker for Welcome to Marwin. This is related. It makes mm-hmm. sound like it's not. <laughs> and you talked to Steve Carell. I want I want to leave uh, the show this week with 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 that ending clip. So mm-hmm. you Steve Carell is as nice as he seems. Anyway, I've never met him. Oh yeah, he is for sure. And it's just it was just sweet. Like I said, that he opened up about something that was kind of really personal to him about his mum and everything and how he did it's funny because he was able to go on a trajectory but also bring it back to the point which not all actors Mm. can do when they go on a rambly question a a rambly answer to maybe a rambly question um, which would have been my fault but um, yeah it's very touching it's a great interview let's leave with that thanks to producer Dave thanks to Charlotte Reed see you next week my mom for 30 years was a a psychiatric nurse on a on a, a psych unit and and I, you know, I got to know that world a little bit through her and mm-hmm. and the care that she gave people. And she worked the night shift too. She worked from eleven at night until seven in the morning, um, for for you know as long if my entire childhood. And you know, and I saw I saw her struggle with with it from sort of inside the system, mm-hmm. and it's it's tough. I don't think there's certainly no easy answers to. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a much bigger issue than people know or uh, that is is commonly um, understood, and you know and to your point in terms of of healthcare and I, f- I feel like it uh, it definitely falls short. Um, it it's not I don't think it gets the kind of um, 
interest or exposure that it should or and and the funding but um you know maybe that's just seeing what my mom had to to go through and the limited resources that they had at the hospital that she worked at so but uh you know but there are a lot of great great people working there and and fighting the good fight entertainment I love the way you say film.